0: And Bob Harris back with you once again here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. And we're having a chat with our vet. The vet is in, Dr. Doreen Winning from the Valley Veterinary Hospital here in Fargo. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your favorite pet and uh, some do's and don'ts, some tips for you. And uh, she joins us right now. And uh, Dr. Winning, good to have you on again here on KFGO.
1: Well, great to visit with you, Bob. So
0: these are the dog days of August?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Everybody is still enjoying summer and trying to soak up the last bit of the heat and nice weather.
0: Uh, You know, the dogs, I understand, you know, I mean, I had dogs when I was younger. They love the lakes when it's this hot. I had a dog who would uh, go out in the lake, look for stones that we threw out there, come back with some kind of stone, didn't matter what kind it was. But anyway, he was out there so much, he didn't come out of his corner uh, until 2 o'clock the next afternoon. He was so tired from from, uh, working out in the lake there. But I understand that some people are uh, noticing some uh, odors when the dogs have been playing in the lake.
1: Yeah, we get a lot of calls about that, Bob. You know, uh, dogs, even dogs coming in, the owners, and for us as veterinarians and the veterinary team, sometimes it can be hard for us to identify odors because we're so used to smelling bad things. So it has to smell really bad for us to notice it. But um, when dogs come in this time of year, there's that lake odor. It's kind of like... uh, I think of it as an old dish rag kind of smell. It just stinks sour. And the reason that happens is because of the bacteria that are growing in the dog's hair coat in relationship to the dampness and the inability to dry quickly. Because they're going in and out of the lake. They stay damp. They don't completely dry off. So how do we get rid of that? Well, it's really, really tough this time of year to combat that odor. Uh, We've tried, you know, different shampoos, trying to target bacteria, trying to target um, the odors and neutralizing the odors. But by and large, the solution to the problem is the end of lake season. I hate to say that, but what you can do to try to alleviate some of the Um, odor is to make sure your pet is simply dried thoroughly. When he's out of the lake, he's out of the lake, the hair coat is dried, and then um, you move on. And for some people, shampooing at the end of the day or the lake visit is the best option for them. Shampoo it, get that lake crud out of the hair coat, which is a good idea anyway, regardless of odors in the hair coat just to get all that lake ickiness out of the hair coat. You'd take a shower after you got in from the lake. You want your dog to be cleaned off as well.
0: Sure, sure. Hey, uh, by the way, a good question was brought up here the other day. Uh, When you have a, a dog that's had a bath, should you use a hair dryer or anything to help out as far as its drying is concerned, or should you let your dog naturally dry?
1: You know, I have dogs that are used to having the hairdryer, especially one who was a show dog. So I use the hairdryer on him all the time. He doesn't mind it, but you know, you have to be careful. You don't want to terrify the dog either and make bath time an absolutely horrible experience. So I would say you don't have to use the hairdryer, but if you can, that's a good tool to be able to have in your pet grooming kit.
0: Is it is good to stay away from the ears though, right?
1: You know, yeah, in general, I just take the pinna or the flappy part of the ear and I just hold it in my hand and swoosh the hairdryer over it. And of course, remember to keep that hair dryer moving. You don't want to just keep it in one spot and make the dog uncomfortable because of the heat. Don't use a high heat setting, you know, just common sense stuff like you do with yourself. If it feels hot to yourself, it's hot to the dog, too, so if, be aware
0: of that. If the dog's hair is as frizzy as yours, you know you're using it too hot, okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, yep. with, with with this heat and with the dogs in the lakes that we have been talking about, uh, is that producing more skin itching on the on the animals?
1: It does, just because of the moisture on the skin. And the other issue I've had with my own dogs is... They're running out at the farm. They're getting into taller grass, and they're getting abrasions on their belly from the grass and the weeds, and they start getting skin infections. So itching dogs related to allergies this time of year, just itching because they have allergies, um, starts a skin infection because they're interfering with the barrier, the intact barrier of the skin when they create those scratches on it. Bacteria get in there and they start to cause a skin infection. So this time of year, especially from now until a real hard frost or snow is on the ground, we see a lot of skin issues. And there are patients that have to go on special allergy medications this time of year, especially to control that itching. So they don't get skin infections. And how we identify a skin infection in a dog is by simply noticing if there are little crusts, and the best place you can notice them is on the tummy. So if you roll your dog over and look on the inside of the hind legs and that back part of the abdomen where there's less hair, you can typically pick it up there. And some owners will come in and say, my dog has a lot of dandruff. And so that triggers something in my mind to think, okay, is this actually a skin infection where we've got crusting and it looks like dandruff, but it's, you know, as we think of dandruff, but it's actually crust from bacteria, um, pustules. So if you have excessive itching to the point where your dog is losing hair or getting red skin... Uh, if you're noticing any any pustules, which they can be hard to see before they form crust, but you should be, you know, especially if your dog is going into the lake doing thorough skin exams, if you can, once you get home, um, looking for those pustules, looking for crust or excessive dandruff in some cases. So make sure that you're inspecting that and not allowing that to get real out of hand before you get to the vet.
0: The, yeah, This is Dr. Doreen Winning, by the way. The vet is in, and it's a special Saturday edition here on the Mighty 790 KFGO, and uh, we'll give you uh, the uh, doctor's uh, phone number and also our, her address here in just a little while. Uh, I, I, I was talking with uh, again with a, a few of my relatives who have pets, and I was surprised. Some people are saying they have no ticks at all, while some say ticks are gone crazy. Can a can ticks be hit and miss, depending on what part of the a part of the country that you're in, or what part of the they state sure you're in? They
1: can, yeah, they can. And um, in some of the drier areas, ticks are, you know, kind of letting up a little bit. In some of the moister areas, like in the lakes areas, they're still out there full force. So we have to make sure, no matter where your pet's going, continue with the tick prevention. Even though you think that the ticks might be letting up, it just takes one tick to get on them and and bite them and cause Lyme disease. So have to be very careful about that. And the other thing is, you know, I inspect my dog's skin very thoroughly um, looking for ticks in the summertime. Those deer ticks are tiny. And There has been more than once that I have not seen them until they were fully engorged. I mean, they're just tiny, tiny little things. And when you're looking through a hair coat, it's hard to be able to see them. So instead of trying to pick through your dog's hair coat and see something that small, make sure you just put the tick prevention on and be done with it.
0: We're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, this COVID-19. There's been a lot of separation. Uh, well, let's, let's put it this way. People want to adopt dogs, and we're going to talk a little bit about separation anxiety. When's the proper time of uh, the dog's life to adopt it? Uh, we'll be back with Dr. Doreen Winning here in just a couple of moments. On the Mighty 790, KFGO, and KFGO.com. Dr. Doreen Winning is with us here on the Mighty 790 KFGO and KFGO.com. Read a really interesting story here, Dr. Winning, about America's latest must-have-home accessory, question mark, and it says a dog. Uh, people are apparently adopting dogs, and we, we've we've heard this story often, but apparently down in Los Angeles, the story reports that there is a waiting period. Uh, people are putting their, if, uh, putting their names down for a certain type of dog should it become adoptable. And uh, apparently they're adopting anywhere from 12 to 15 dogs a day out of this one home in Los Angeles alone. This COVID-19 has really brought the adoption rate up, but there are question marks, aren't there?
1: Well, there are. And I think that if you're, I think it's great when people adopt, those pets all need homes, but you need to be responsible on where you're adopting from. And adopt locally if you can. Uh, We have so many great shelters in the Fargo-Moorhead area that work very, very hard on finding good pets, great homes, and they need to have uh, you, everybody out there, as an option to um, place these dogs and cats. So that's number one. Number two, if you decide if you are going to look for a breeder, make sure you do your homework because there are a lot of breeders out there. And we all have our opinions on, you know, what what constitutes a good breeder. But I will say if you are looking for a breeder of a certain breed of dog, start with a AKC website and they have links. specific breed organizations. Good breeders most often have a waiting list and don't advertise commercially. It's usually word of mouth. Hint, that is a big hint. Um, One breeder can usually link you to another breeder in their um, breeding network. So know that. Know if you're going to um, look for a purebred dog, know breed standards know their genetic and heritable conditions. Um, make sure you select a breeder that honestly represents what that breed should be. Okay, so that's that, but now what happens when you decide that you want to adopt a dog or a puppy? Um, a tip on the puppies would be that, you know, puppies go through a social period that can last from age three to four weeks all the way up to almost 13 weeks of age. Um, And so puppies that are um, exposed to things that are really scary, uncontrolled environments during this stage might make them a little bit more fearful of things as adults. Um, Puppies that are also taken away from, weaned from their mothers, too young, six weeks is too young. If I had my preference, I'd like to see puppies stay with their mom and litter mates up until 12 weeks of age, certainly at a minimum eight weeks. So think about that. Um, Socialization is so important for the puppies when you get them. So if you adopt a puppy or if you purchase a puppy, Early socialization is critical and cannot wait until the puppy is fully vaccinated. We always used to think, oh, we better make sure that puppy is vaccinated before we go out and get it exposed to different uh, things in life that can happen. Go to the pet store or go to puppy class. That is not the case. We see more behavioral problems and causes for relinquishment or euthanasia of pets than we do parvo at this point in time now if that changes you need to consult your veterinarian and be in contact with them and they can help guide you but at this point in time um, socialization is really really important in that early time frame and puppy schools have always been great uh, source of social socialization but what can you do now now that we have covid and puppy schools aren't taking place anymore. And again, that just means getting out more. Maybe it's um, going on more walks and getting used to passing by other dogs as you go on a walk. Maybe it's going to the pet store. And even though you're practicing social distancing, the puppy can see or the other dog can see um different species of dogs and get used to different sizes and shapes and realize that not everything looks like they look. So that's important. And um, if you're going to adopt or get a puppy, make sure that you follow through with the vet care because the first thing that most breeders will recommend is um, going to your veterinarian and making sure you get a health check. And a lot of shelters, have veterinarians and the dogs that you get from a shelter are already vet checked and that's kind of nice as well and that's a real nice part about adopting in addition to homing an animal that needs a home you have a healthy animal that's coming into your home because those shelters are so attentive to the medical needs of the dogs and cats that are there.
0: I think, I think another good thing to do, and I don't, I, don't, I don't think you touched on this, but another good thing is you, you think about adopting a dog, but right now, as you mentioned, you know, we're home from work, a lot of, a lot of folks home from work, kids a lot of times are not back in school yet. What's going to happen six months, you know, eight months down the road when everybody's going back to school, everybody's going back to work, you know, how is the dog going to be able to handle that? I think you called it the separation anxiety.
1: Yeah, separation anxiety is a big issue anyway this time of year when kids are going back to school and the pets have been used to having somebody at home. And separation anxiety can manifest in many different ways for some dogs. It might be um, kind of being mopey uh, and not wanting to interact. Other dogs will become destructive and they might destroy furniture or woodwork in the house or doors, you know, when the owner leaves, they might destroy their kennel. I've had some clients who have had dogs that work their ways out of their kennels, and that's not healthy for the dog, and it's not healthy for us as owners either to be that angry. So uh, cats, on the other hand, um, typically what we'll see, and we can see this with dogs too very often, um, is inappropriate elimination so going potty outside the litter box is probably the number one thing that we see with cats (laughs) we have to keep in mind that these animals are creatures of habit just like a lot of humans are they need to have their set schedules so when we think about oh it's going to be time to go back to work go back to school let's start weeks in advance with getting onto a schedule, getting onto a feeding schedule that's going to work for your future needs and schedule when you go back to work, getting on a cycle of going for walks at times of day that you know you're going to be able to handle in the future, lengths of walks, Uh, getting those dogs especially a lot of mental stimulation, get them tired, it does being tired isn't always in relationship to going out and running the heck out of your dog. It's oftentimes getting out there, seeing different sights and smells, being able to sniff around under the leaves, being able to see other dogs. Doggy daycares are very important to a lot of dog families, simply because separation anxiety is such a commonplace event. So, Make sure that you have the ability to recognize the signs and to set up a schedule to try to mitigate that risk and make the departures enjoyable. You know, I had a dog for about a year. We had to work real hard on departures and how we could make departures work for her and what we could do to make her feel more comfortable with them. And that involved, she wasn't in a kennel initially. And I found that she was pottying inside the house. And so we decided kenneling is probably a good idea. And we made that kennel just a fabulous place. I had treats hidden in there. I might have peanut butter rubbed on the floor and uh, she gets special treats that she only gets when she goes into her kennel and I leave the house. And so I can tell you now, now that she's almost 12 years old, things have changed. She actually enjoys me leaving the house, and she is, bam, she's the first one in the kennel. And she started out as the one that hated it the most. So things can turn around for you. I did it. You can do it, too. Wow.
0: Dr. Doreen Winning, our special guest here on KFGO. One more quick question, and this was brought up, and I forgot to mention this earlier. Somebody said they saw a TV commercial Uh, promoting some drug for a dog ailment, and they said it went through all of these deals where, you know, it could cause hypertension, could cause this, could cause that. If this swells up, stop using it. Are they going that crazy as far as dog medications are concerned that they have to advertise that and then list all of those possible endangerments of your pet that could happen to your pet?
1: You know, part of me just wants to say, Bob, this is a comment on today's society Um, On the other hand, people need to be informed. We have to realize that every medication we take has the potential for side effects, everything. And so when I, as a doctor, dispense a particular medication, I weigh those side effects, the potential for side effects versus the benefits of the medication and quality of life that it can provide for that pet. So taking antibiotics, for example, we know that antibiotics can save lives, can heal infections, but yet on the other hand, they can cause a lot of stomach upset in certain dogs and cats. And so selecting an antibiotic, if I know that that particular patient has a very sensitive stomach, I might choose a different antibiotic for that patient. So that's just one minor example, but, you know, side effects, again, they can be much more serious mm-hmm. than, than simply vomiting and diarrhea, and we have to weigh that every time wow. we prescribe a medication.
0: Well, doctor, we're running out of time here. I'll let the folks know about how they can get a hold of you and in touch with you and uh, your, uh, your uh, clinic over there, your hospital.
1: We're at 3210 Main Avenue in Fargo. Our phone number is 232-3391, and we're online at valleyveterinary.net.
0: Dr. Doreen Wedding, the vet is in. And by the way, you have an upcoming show with It Takes Two just around the corner as well. So be uh, ready to listen for that, too, here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. By the way, I was supposed to ask you, has Ryder caught any more gophers?
1: He just about caught one about... Ten minutes ago, I was watching him out the window. (laughs) Every time
0: I I call her and the dog is outside, it goes for a gopher. So, oh well, I'll let him go do his business, and I'll let you keep an eye on him. Thank you so much, Dr. Doreen. We'll talk to you in about a month or so.
1: Thanks, Bob. Have a great day.
0: This is the Mighty 790 KFGO.